If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. And welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Busier this week than it was last week, and I thought uh, we couldn't top it, Alan Hager. Much going on out in the Beltway. Uh, you saw Votorama happen. Didn't we talk about that last time you were here? Yes, we did. Yeah, you know, you heard it here first on America's Healthcare Challenge, and we will have more of those moments for you this week. Just enough time today to take a look at the top news from the week as it relates to healthcare insurance and what it means for you and your own personal situation, as well as uh, your place of employment, or if you are an employer, what does this mean? Uh, for your business. Sean McGuire here. Been doing this for about five years and uh, super excited as always to be here. And it's always nice to have it uh, have it uh, a time, Alan, when uh, the issue is actually hot. Sometimes it's not. It's always hot to me, but uh, Obamacare, hot or not right now. Oh, it's definitely hot. Yeah. Way hot. Yeah. You remember that website? Uh, I think if you were to put it on there, it would probably score off the charts. Oh, totally. And so we had, last week we, we spent some time and check out our SoundCloud page. In addition to the show from last week, we have an exclusive conversation that we recorded that is uh, Obamacare repeal and replace, what really is the future. It's an hour and a half long conversation they had with Stuart Slonin, who is a, a contributor on the program, talking about all the different things from who are the key people in the room. We'll touch about that here a little bit, a teaser. Um, where do they actually think that uh, they will go with this thing? What things are actually on the chopping block, if there is a chopping block? So we'll spend some time talking about those things, but you're going to want to check out our SoundCloud page, which is where you can find all of this content. Okay, let's get down to the top story of the week, and that was the United States Senate in a budget resolution passing uh, the ACA repeal, creating a vehicle for them to undo much or all of the ACA uh, through uh, reconciliation, Alan. Uh, what do you think is going to happen after? Uh, I, I don't think it was a surprise. It was somewhat of a surprise to me to uh, see how quickly they moved through all of this. Yeah, it was to me. And when you look not just at the uh, the bill itself, but 189 amendments to the bill. Yep, <laughs> filling the tree. Filling the tree, right? And uh, you've talked about filling the tree uh, many times on the show. And so, uh, you know, there are conservatives out there who are saying, well, this is just typical Washington at, at hand here because this budget is bad. Uh, and should we repeal Obamacare, but not do anything about replacing? Mm -hmm. Um, but this is a vehicle. It is not the bill to speak that would actually do the repeal. Correct? Yes, it is a vehicle. <laughs> Big point of clarification because I've <clears throat> had a, several like interview requests this week because everybody thought all of a sudden the law was literally going to go away, but it's going to take a lot longer than than people might think. Right, and I think 
the issue to pay attention to the most, folks, is an agency that's actually supposed to be nonpartisan. Uh, they're called the Congressional Budget Office, and they are going to probably become the most important player in all of this as uh, Republicans look to, uh, uh, you know, repeal and or replace this law. Right. And uh, not only would you look at CBO, but, you know, both sides, you know, CBO is supposed to be nonpartisan. Right. And yeah. so uh, Republicans will have to look at that and say, I, we agree. I mean, in the past, Republicans have looked at CBO here in the last eight years mm -hmm. in a different light than they have previously. They don't always think that it's nonpartisan, especially when it doesn't drive to their uh, ends to the, you know, means to the end. And so uh, it will be very interesting to see what happens with the CBO with Republicans now in charge of Congress. Yeah. And to give you a little point of uh, reference, uh, the Congressional Budget Office almost killed health reform in 2008 right on arrival. It was almost dead on arrival when the first draft of what ultimately became the ACA was released and analyzed by the uh, Congressional Budget Office. It had a price tag o over over $1.5 trillion, if I remember correctly, which is <laughs> way more than they had hoped to expend. The, the, the president told them that it had to be under... One trillion, and it came out at one point five trillion, and and it was almost just over right there. Because, right, uh, and I, I'm afraid that uh, people don't understand the, that this could happen again, and it will happen again. Just watch when they try and uh, get rid of the some of the 19 different taxes in the Affordable Care Act, and find that they're going to be in a tough position of having to either make a lot of people un unhappy. Number one, number two. Uh, potentially add to the deficit and the debt, which is something that they campaigned on not, uh, you know, not you know doing, and then f or finally, what uh, was the demise of President George H. W. Bush when he said the famous lines, "Read my lips, no, no new, new taxes. taxes," and the Democrats tricked him into uh, raising taxes. Republicans are going to be on the record uh, having to to raise taxes, and I can uh, I can bet my bottom dollar on that. Well, no, and I totally agree with that uh, viewpoint. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at all the different plans out there, and there are. Paul Ryan has the plan, the better way, and, and there are so many different other ideas out there. But I'm telling you right now, you listen to what Sean just said. If Republicans aren't careful, this is going to, you know, especially on the tax piece. Yes. They are going to trick the Republicans into finding ways to raise taxes, not so much in health care, but in other parts of the economy. Am I not right? You are right. And issue 1B of importance to the new administration in Congress, I would say, is tax reform. Right. And so the, these are all tied in together quite closely. Right. And, and so, um, you know, at the end of the day, when... You know, you have a administration that made is not very experienced, so to speak, on the policy making side of things. So, is it, you know, Congress going to be hand holding a little bit, and they are going to get their way uh, with things, or is it going to be Donald Trump is going to go to the American people? and explain what's going on in a simple language 
whether it be right or wrong, and Trump gets his way at the end of the day because, as we've seen, if you go against Donald Trump, you lose. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's going to end up being the adult in the room, I, and people are probably laughing as they're driving as I say that, but I really think he does know how to do that, and I think he's going to end up being the adult in the room and going and cutting a cutting a, a mega healthcare deal. And, and it's gonna and you can you're gonna and he's gonna keep a lot of the popular things and I I I would bet that his popularity will go up. Well, yeah, because of that. Right, but I would also I would also say watch to see what happens between him and his Secretary of Health and Human Services in that regard. Yes, uh, because as you are well aware, Congressman Tom Price, who is Mister, I want to repeal everything about the Affordable Care Act. Is is totally the opposite in that regard. So I cannot see. It's going to be an interesting dynamic, shall I say, between those two. You've got Trump over here wanting to come up with the grand bargain, and you've got Senator Pro or Congressman Price on the other side saying not so fast. Mm -hmm. So it will be very interesting to see how that all grand plays bargain. out. Grand bargain hashtag healthcare grand bargain. Yes, maybe we should start. We should start that one because I think it's something along those lines are going to happen now. So he, that's kind of what um, what's happening, so to speak, from a high level. Uh, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan. Next segment, uh, he had a town hall this week. Yes, and we're going to play some clips from from that town hall uh, where he really explains the fundamental problems of of the ACA to a, a person that benefited from it. And right. So, um, we'll play that for you and break down some of those things. But also um, the interesting development this week that I saw was the uh, more of a, a talk of uh, instead of repeal and replace down the road, I mean repeal and replace immediately. And I think that's what the president is, uh, is for, and I think Rand Paul is uh, introducing a piece of legislation that will do those things simultaneously. Right. And if you're, if, you know, Ron Paul voted, if I'm not mis Rand Paul, excuse me, voted against the budget resolution in the Senate. Yep. Because all it talked about was repeal. It didn't talk about replace. And there were other mechanisms in there that he totally disagreed with that would raise spending and, and not do the things that Republicans promised that they would do. And so, uh, that's another dynamic in the Senate that I think we'll have to watch. Is Republicans like Senator Paul, Senator Lee, uh, will will vote against those things. Interesting to note, Ted Cruz actually voted for it. So uh, we will see how those things shake out. Is he angling for Yeah. Is he angling for twenty twenty four? Hard to say. Well, I think a lot of people are actually angling for 2024 right right now it's <laughs> if you if you pay attention to some of them oh yeah like, you know oh yeah pay attention to those speeches on the floor because you'll get a good idea of who's angling it's been a while since i um like uh it was up until uh, you know late hour during the week watching c-span which i actually enjoy doing i, I, I can't I, I yeah i do too but they were all, the the uh, you know the, the the battle over this budget went until about one thirty in the morning. Right. 
just, I was just going to say, you know who else likes C-SPAN? Who's that? Who's uh, that? The Russians. Did you, guys, <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys hear about that? No. no they, they, they hacked C-SPAN? No, I this, didn't hear did that. Did you guys miss this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know for how long it happened, but uh, you know, you're sitting there watching C-SPAN a couple days ago, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, RT... That Russian Times or whatever outlet, right? All of a sudden, that came on instead. Okay. So like they hacked into C-SPAN and put in you know a segment their of, own news. of our, their own news. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. It happened just a couple days ago. Jeez. I didn't th- realize th- that. Th- thanks uh, to the uh, esteemed uh, news of our country in, in, in broadcasting that because I hadn't heard that till today. Right. I'm surprised that. Yeah. I don't know if it would be that hard to do. I don't know. You you would know more about hacking than I would. Uh, it, it, honestly, I can't. You know, C-SPAN. Come on. I mean, they really don't. Ha- I mean, there's nothing controversial there. It's all the most controversial thing access. is uh, Prime Minister's questions. Yes, <laughs> that's the most. That's controversial. the most controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great show, by the way. Yes. I, um, in all fairness, though, they were not. They. I don't think they were hacked, though. They, there was uh, C-SPAN it, did make a statement that said that it was an internal error. Well, like that, C-SPAN <laughs> online broadcast interrupted by Russian network. Man, so, yeah. uh, it said here, uh, you know, C-SPAN said it was probably a technical error. C-SPAN's technical broadcast continued uninterrupted, noting that RT is among the news feed that it regularly monitors. We don't believe we were hacked. Instead, our int- initial investigation suggests somebody routed it wrong, mm. which is very possible. So, But uh, C-SPAN will continue with a deeper investigation. Just so. interesting timing, you know, considering <laughs> totally <laughs> stuff that was going on. So, Speaking of hacking, we'll have a little bit more on the importance of electronic medical records at the end of the show as well. Something that uh, we want to talk about because any repeal could have an impact on... on um, EMRs and had had a good conversation last night with somebody who who's going to be joining the show here in the next couple of weeks to talk about some of the experiences that they saw um, with uh, with electronic medical records and they worked for one of the larger carriers in the nation and and just the amount of effort that these uh, insurance companies, for example, put into complying with the Affordable Care Act and then all of a sudden it's completely gone. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I mean, just what a complete just waste of time. Oh, totally. And billions of dollars. Trillions. Almost. Yeah, I trillions. bet it's in the two trillion range oh, yet. probably. We'll get there. Yeah, close. Saying that like that's a good thing. Is it? No. <laughs> that's why we host this show, America's Healthcare Challenge, uh, <laughs> to let you at least know what's going on out there. And when we come back, we're going to... Um, Go and inside the head of uh, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, who is probably one of the smartest um, members of Congress from a policy standpoint. Uh, his whole career, even before being elected to Congress, was related to, uh, to public policy. And so he speaks on the problems of Obamacare, and we'll have that for you next when we come back.
Marketplace Nebraska is a full-service resource for anyone who needs help with their individual and business health insurance needs. If you got a tax bill from the IRS for not purchasing health insurance, let us help you. With more than 1,000 people helped into Obamacare so far, we can get you signed up fast and over the phone. Depending on your age and income, policies can be as low as $20 a month. Click MarketplaceNebraska.com to learn more and sign up today. You've seen the movie Father of the Bride. When it comes to weddings, there's enough to worry about. Consider the Omaha Press Club as the venue for your baby's big day. With memberships as low as $15 per month, rentals are free for members. And we have an executive chef who will design the perfect menu for you. Click OmahaPressClub.com and our event coordinator and wedding planner will contact you for a zero-obligation consultation. That's OmahaPressClub.com. The Omaha Press Club, where you belong. Take control of your company's health care costs with self-funded plan administrators. If you're feeling the pain of Obamacare, we have innovative solutions for your organization. Click self-funded.com to learn more and sign up for our exclusive white paper to take control of your company's health care costs. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to E.D. Bellis INC and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know healthcare. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 402-342-1290. 800-577-1290. If you'd like to uh, jump into the conversation at any time, in a second we're going to play a, a clip from uh, pa- Paul Ryan's town hall, which I thought Alan was a pretty good move uh, from his standpoint to at least get out there and uh, take some of the heat uh, off of what's going on. Because I saw on Twitter that I think the ACA or something like that related to this was the number one searched. And it was. It was? Yes, so if you search hashtag ACA, which is the Affordable Care Act, you will find uh, Edie Bellis, which is the organization that I represent that is uh, in charge of pr- promoting and uh, producing this show. And um, we are, uh, we are uh, full of all these stories that we're, we're going to be talking about. But uh, let's take a quick, quick listen to uh, Paul Ryan. He's questioned by a person that has pre-existing conditions. We'll listen to the question and, and part of his response and then we'll uh, provide some of our thoughts. I was a Republican and I worked for the Reagan and Bush campaigns. Just like you, I was opposed to the Affordable Care Act. When it was passed, I told my wife we would close our business before I complied with this law. Then, at 49, I was given six weeks to live Mm. with a very curable type of cancer. We offered three times the cost of my treatments, which was rejected. They required an insurance card. Thanks to the Affordable Care Act, I'm standing here today alive. Being both a small business person Mm -hmm. and someone with pre-existing conditions, I rely on the Affordable Care Act to be able to purchase my own insurance. Why? Would you repeal the Affordable Care Act without a replacement? Oh, we, we wouldn't do that. We want to replace it with something better. 
We believe that state high-risk pools are a smarter way of guaranteeing coverage for people with pre-existing conditions. We had a really good one in Wisconsin. Uh, Utah had a great one. I was talking with a congresswoman from, Mich from Washington today who was telling me how good their state high-risk pool is. What I mean when I say this is about 8% of all the people under 65 have that kind of pre-existing condition. Uh, my mother-in-law, cancer, she had melanoma in her 20s, breast cancer in her 50s, ovarian cancer in her 60s. People just have these things. And we don't want people to go poor or go bankrupt because this thing happens to them. So we obviously want to have a system where they can get affordable coverage without going bankrupt because they get sick. But we can do that without destroying the rest of the healthcare system for everybody else. That's the point I'm trying to make. What we should have done was fix what was broken in healthcare without breaking what was working in healthcare, and that's what, unfortunately, Obamacare did. So, by financing state high-risk pools to guarantee people get affordable coverage when they have a pre-existing condition like yourself, what you're doing is you're dramatically lowering the price of insurance for everybody else. So if we say, let's just as taxpayers, and I agree with this, finance the coverage for those 8% of Americans under 65 in a condition like yours, they don't have to be covered or paid for by their small business or their insurer who's buying the rates for the rest of the people in their insured pool, and you dramatically lower the price for the other 92% of Americans. Let's just directly fix that so that everybody else can get more competitive rates and they don't have to pay for insurance to try and cover for those kinds of really expensive people. The problem with um, Obamacare, the actuaries call it a death spiral. It's a really kind of ugly, gruesome term. But a death spiral is a mathematical term, they say, when the insurance gets so expensive, healthy people won't buy it because they, it's just a trade-off. The penalty to not buy it is a lot cheaper than buying the insurance, so healthy people won't buy it. Therefore, they won't go and per participate in the insurance pool to cover the losses that sicker people who have to have insurance buy it. That's what's happening to Obamacare now. So you have unhealthy people more buying it, healthy people not buying it, and that is why the rates are going up so much. That's why all the insurers are pulling out. Biggest Thank health insurance company in the in the country last year, United, yeah. pulled okay. out of Obama. So he, he kind of continues to go on and talk about stuff we've been saying here on the show for the last two years, which is you know right. large insurance companies pulling out, uh, less choice. But he brought up that term death spiral, and I think um, people need to be more aware of of that because I think that's precisely why why there's so many problems. Right. right now, right with the coverage uh, thing, man. There's so much going on in the ACA with um, payment reform and the, you know this Medicaid expansion and all this other stuff. Everybody's focusing on these subsidies and everything, but ignoring the the big stuff that's on the back end of this. And that's my problem with what's going on is we're talking about the the eight percent and the small, easy stuff to fix. They're not really getting to the root of the other 92% of the issues that, that, that are causing problems all across all sectors of health care. Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's health care insurance, pharmaceutical drugs, specialty drugs, hospitals, clinics, doc, you know, the hiring of, hiring of doctors, going to medical school, on and on and on. Payment of doctors through Medicaid and Medicare. We're, we're talking about a very small subset mm -hmm. and we've broken down the numbers before but he said it was about eight percent of the population 
at the time the ACA was passed, there was 46 million people without insurance. Now, if it were to go away and they were to just get around to it, they're estimating that it would be about 51 million would not have insurance if the ACA went away. Right. But 150 to 160 million people get it through their employer. Right. And nobody except really us talks about what the ACA has done to the employer marketplace. Which is complicated even more the per, if you've looked at your deductibles in the group insurance market. Your your deductibles have gone up too. I mean, they haven't been lowered by any means. And, it, and it's become more complicated to figure out uh, exactly what you do owe, uh, whether it's, you know, your doctor, your hospital. I mean, there's all kinds of things going on in that market. Yeah. So, anyways, he's talking about the 8% with this death spiral. Right. And uh, the reason that there's a problem is um, eventually prices go up and um, and sick people don't uh, are the only ones that purchase insurance because they absolutely need it, and healthy people do not purchase insurance. And so that's where the numbers just don't mathematically start to work after a certain point. Right. And you look at the death spiral in that part of the market, then look at specialty drugs and how those, the the increases, the giant increases in the cost of specialty drugs, uh, you have a very small subset of your population that requires those. What was it, like 2 to 3% mm-hmm. are controlling, what, 80% of the pharmaceutical m- costs? M- m- yeah. More, More than that, less, probably. Like, less, but, yeah, but, but still, still a lot. Still, you see those specialty drugs, ep, you know, EpiPen, for example, is one. They had it. By the way, a news came out about them. A a, a much more cost-effective uh, competitor of EpiPen just came out. I think this week. Yeah. Well, and CVS said that they were going to release a two-pack of uh, a competitor pens with an auto inject for what was it two for a hundred and ten? I think it was so fifty-five a pen. Mm-hmm. So. So it's a little bit less. A Still bit, a lot. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, the, the pharmaceutical industry is, uh, you know, and by the way, during the uh, budget debate, they did bring up the um, reimportation of, of drugs in, in a lot of, uh, let me just put it this way. You want to know who's in the hip pocket of Big Pharma? Go look, look at, at that, that vote. vote. Look at that vote. And, and you will tell who is in the hip pocket of Pharma. Um, like Cory Booker? Yeah, it went down. What was it? Fifty four, forty six, or fifty two? It was like within six to eight votes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just look at that vote and, and complain about those senators that voted the other way on that bill, like Cory Booker, for one. He's supposed to be a, a candidate for president in twenty twenty from the Democrat side. So. Nice to see him get it kicked off at the Senate Judiciary Committee this week. I yes. That was kind of weak. Yes. Um, but whatever. Um, we're going to take a time out here, and then we're going to un- unveil a potential uh, pr- replacement plan by, from one of our favorite senators, uh, who is also a physician, Rand Paul. Pretty smart guy. Kind of a little out there, a little bit. but Oh, just a tad. He kind of grows on you, but we've got his uh, uh, s- some clips from him uh, coming up next on – on the actual mechanics of getting it replaced. And then we're going to talk, uh, as far as our diving into health policy segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about health IT and what that might look like when or if 
uh, something might change in the law. What would that affect health IT? And how far have we come in the last 10 years with health IT? And then there's some problems out there too, and we'll, we'll talk about them. This is America's Healthcare Challenge. Check out the show online, facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge, or on our SoundCloud page with all of our, um, our great content. It really is good stuff. You should check it out. Just search Edie Bellis or America's Healthcare Challenge, and you'll find over 600 segments. And be one of the over 30,000 people that have uh, started listening to us on SoundCloud. We'll be back right after this. Looking for the most exclusive club downtown? The perfect place for your next dining experience, event, or work outing is the Omaha Press Club. With an amazing view of Omaha and featuring a certified executive chef and event coordinator, what are you waiting for? Click omahapressclub.com to learn more. Hiring employees, complying with regulatory changes, and so on makes it hard to focus on running your business. Let Simplify HR Solutions help. We're an outsourced human resource management organization with more than a century of combined experience helping people just like you. Click SimplifyHRSolutions.com to learn more. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your condition, convenience and all the necessary packing supplies and two men in a truck will help you watch your budget too don't stress let two men in a truck handle your home or business move go to two men in a truck.com two men in a truck selected best of omaha for nine years straight with an a-plus rating from the better business bureau you worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to edbellisinc.com and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know health care. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Are we making America great again or making America sick again? Uh, That is the discussion. (laughs) Those are the two hashtags between both sides, Democrats uh, taking to Twitter to uh, battle any changes to the Affordable Care Act with the hashtag Make America Sick Again. Pretty clever, I must say, you know. Um, but I don't like uh, I don't like getting political over health care. I think we should be able to find some sort of consensus 
I think it's just an issue of n- nobody really wants to. Uh, it's so difficult that nobody really wants to um, try and approach it. And, and I really wish we would have gone about it a little bit more incrementally. But um, the two provisions, again, everybody talking about that uh, in the news, I think I think the only reason they say it is because those are the two things Trump said he was in favor of or the popular stuff, which is the pre-existing conditions and, and the other things. Uh, Rand Paul recently, uh, do we get that clip uh, there, Matt, of uh, Rand Paul uh, unveiling his replacement plan or outlining some of his principles? And uh, he is a, a physician from Kentucky, a former presidential candidate, really is is on point about wanting to make sure that there's a replacement in place before doing anything. Probably pretty important. So, so yeah. You got that clip, Matt? Nope, he doesn't have it. Okay. So, I don't know. I think Rand Paul's uh, plan is, is decent. And, oh, uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, I mean, you. interesting to say, uh, you know, as he was talking about repeal and replace uh, instead of replay and delay, uh, he also went on to say that Donald Trump has endorsed his approach and that uh, Donald Trump fully supports his plan to simultaneous repeal and replace. Uh, say, he said he went on to say, I just spoke to Trump and he fully supports my plan to replace Obamacare the same day as that we repeal it. On top of what he's talking about within the actual plan itself. Okay, so let's listen to... Uh some of it, his uh, his plan. Okay, I guess the audio is not working. But procedurally, I think it, it, it's going to uh, be important. And the uh, industry has taken to the the grassroots efforts to do the same thing. Yes, and they, and they are really opposed to uh, to changing things. Yes, they, I, I can't get a prediction. I, I I can't get an understanding of you know what what does the industry really want. Maybe we should ask them. I think they should be the ones uh, leading the charge. Well, uh, yes, and you have doctor groups uh, like the American Medical Association that are worried about uh, the repeal, saying that it would increase the uninsured. Uh, In considering opportunities to make coverage more affordable and accessible, it is essential that gains in a number of Americans with health insurance coverage be maintained, wrote James Madera, doctor, the AMA CEO. they support the original. They supported the original passage of the health care reform, but let's remember why. Because there were other mechanisms in there that took care of doctors' uh, pocketbooks, so they they wouldn't get hurt. And, and instead of it being free market based, it was you know socialistic in, in in nature, and they pay you know pay to play was part of that. Well, they were told that they were going to get all these new people with insurance. Exactly. And and the reality is, it hasn't happened. Right. It hasn't happened as much as they thought it would. Group the group the uh, American College of Physicians actually voted uh, uh, urged leaders to vote no on the Senate budget resolution, saying it would result in tens of millions of Americans losing coverage benefits and projections. The American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Congress of Obstetrics, uh, Obstetricians and Gynecologists, uh, want a viable health care safety net. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that looks like, I don't think anybody's saying, but it doesn't seem like outside of maybe Toby Cosgrove and uh, Dr. Noseworthy from Mayo from Cleveland Clinics 
are really going out on a limb trying to help yeah. bring plans out there. But President-elect Trump did meet with those individuals. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's trying to, to, to listen. But uh, I want you to uh, listen right now to uh, Rand Paul and his uh, his plan and see. I want to see if you stand with Rand after uh, his comments. Well, actually, I don't want to delay the repeal. I'm all for the repeal as soon as we can get to it, but we should vote on replacement the same day. And I'm putting together a bill that will be out this week that will be a consensus replacement bill. There are many bills, probably 50 different Republican bills. Some of them have been out two and three decades for the replacement part. What we want to do in the replacement is legalize the ability to buy inexpensive insurance, get rid of the Obamacare mandates, let any insurance product be sold, particularly inexpensive expensive insurance products. That's number one. Let people save tax-free, give them tax credits for health savings accounts so they can buy insurance. And then the third thing we want to do is let individuals come together as part of groups or associations so they can buy their insurance as part of a big pool to have leverage to get lower prices and also so they don't get affected by adverse things like uh, pre-existing conditions. All right, I want to put up the bullet points of this, this plan. Basically, reducing costs, expanding access, expanding choices, leveling the playing field is how you describe it here. Um, but is there consensus on this, and does it include pre-existing conditions and keeping kids on until 26, the good things about, you know, that people talk about Obamacare? I think there is a Republican consensus on replacement. The ideas that we've taken for the replacement bill come from other Republicans' bills. There's very very little that I've put together in my replacement bill that is an original idea that's not an idea already been put out by other Republicans. In fact, most of these ideas, Congressman Tom Price, who is designated to be in Trump's cabinet, has been in favor of. He's another physician in Congress who's put together a lot of replacement ideas over the years. And so basically, we put together the most popular, and I think there is a consensus. I think it'll pass overwhelmingly in the House. The question in the Senate is, will Democrats be willing to work with us to replace Obamacare. But what about those two substantive questions? So, yeah, he goes on to, um, you know, respond to the, to those uh, questions. But I think a uh, very, very smart thing to do, just kind of try and take the best of, of what's out there and, right. and put it together. And one of the things that, um, I mean, that's how the ACA got put together, like the, this thing that they always talk about, this uh, children staying on until 26. I think that was just an obscure piece of legislation or like a an amendment that just got thrown in at the end. Right. And now all of a sudden it's a, a really popular thing. So maybe some of the ideas that he has out there could be good for, for the reform. And I think he asked the uh, million dollar question, which is uh, do Democrats come and, and play ball and actually, um, I guess, swallow their pride a little bit and admit that it didn't work out as well as they had originally thought and, and try and work together to, to fix something. Well, I do think that there are some Democrats in Congress who actually do believe that, that it didn't work very well, Joe Manchin being one of them. And uh, they are going, some of them will come and play ball, but I think others like Kamala Harris or, uh, you know, Bob Casey or Cory Booker, you know, Booker's got a lot riding on this, I think. I don't know that... Uh, some of those other Democrats do as much. Um, so they are going to go and they're going to play ball. It might be their career might be at stake on that or a legacy type of item. You know, do you want to get it right the second time rather than shoving it down the throats of America, the American people the first time and not getting it right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so 
Uh, one thing I found interesting about his plan, and it's been talked about for many years, is uh, associative health care plans, so AHP. You'll hear that term a lot in the next six to six months or so, where small businesses can join together as a large body and go out and collectively purchase insurance on a group market, which would substantially, in theory, lower costs for those small businesses. Mm-hmm. That that whole uh, concept has been around for thirty, you know, twenty years, or at least since I was on the hill, but nothing's ever come of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, those things will come back. The the key is you got to keep putting new people into those association plans, or they become a death spiral. Exactly. Too. So that means the economy's got to be doing well. Right. And so that's something that uh, we we can talk about on another show: the economic impact of uh, of all of this. But let's take a time out and then come back and take a look at some of the headlines outside of the Beltway. We spent uh, a lot of time talking about what's happening inside Congress right now because it is important and uh, it is going to be moving pretty quickly, I would say, uh, as, as compared to the last six to seven years. And so we will continue to stay on top of them, but we want to make you aware of some of the other stories that caught our attention this week. Online, you can find us uh, on the Twitter, on the Twitter. The Twitter? <laughs> uh, America's Canary, Edie Bellis. Uh, or me, Sean M. McGuire, at Sean M. McGuire. Pretty active on there. Uh, lots of stories coming out this week, and so we try and share the ones that are the really good ones out there. And uh, we will be right back. 402-342-1290 is the number if you'd like to talk. Hiring employees, complying with regulatory changes, and so on makes it hard to focus on running your business. Let Simplify HR Solutions help. We're an outsourced human resource management organization with more than a century of combined experience helping people just like you. Click SimplifyHRSolutions.com to learn more. Marketplace Nebraska is a full-service resource for anyone who needs help with their individual and business health insurance needs. If you got a tax bill from the IRS for not purchasing health insurance, let us help you. With more than 1000 people helped into Obamacare so far, we can get you signed up fast and over the phone. Depending on your age and income, policies can be as low as $20 a month. Click MarketplaceNebraska.com to learn more and sign up today. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let Edie Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to edbellisinc.com and request a free consultation. At Edie Bellis, we know health care. You are listening to America's Health Care Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. 
Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. I always love it when my computer dies right before uh, we come back from commercial, and I had a uh, story I was going to read on there, but uh, fortunately, Alan is here. And um, what were those stories that you sent this week? Let's talk about those a little okay, bit so, today. Uh, the first one was uh, the shocking truth of health care expenditures and uh, what uh, is going on in the... Uh, healthcare marketplace and it started off by saying a new OEDC so the uh, Office of Economic uh, Development uh, released a report on January 10th stating that about 20 cents out of every dollar spent on healthcare in OEDC countries is wasted in some fashion that waste represents more than 20% of the total health expenditure in the United States how much was wasted 20% jeez and so uh this uh the art the person who wrote the report Agnes Cofidal a senior OEDC health economist stated that governments could spend 20% less on health care and still improve patients health with as much as 9% of the GDP spent on health care systems all across the OECD 6.75% which is by federal governments this savings could mean a lot uh a third, and it went on to find some of these are personnel statistics. So, a third of OECD citizens consider the healthcare sector to be corrupt. One in ten patients in OECD countries is unnecessarily harmed at the point of care, and more than ten percent of hospital expenditures are spent on correcting preventable medical mistakes or infections that catch pe- that people catch in hospital. One-third of babies are delivered by cesarean section despite medical indications that suggest those rates should be 15% at most. So those are just some of the things that that study found. Wow. And that's the OECD. That's a big, um, uh, you know, it's a credible source. I'll just say it. Yes. You know, uh, arguably the credible source on on some of these things. Check out this uh, page that I... Um, tweeted out to, to piggyback a little bit off of that if you'd like some more reading on this topic what medical conditions are driving employer health care costs right because I think some of that is goes to uh, what you just said another story that caught my attention Alan was we talked about it earlier CVS unveiling their generic competitor to EpiPen huge, right huge and we we had a great segment on the EpiPen explaining the whole controversy. You left, right. You were on the show. Yes. With that, with Promo John and yes. DJ Tedesco. Yes. Two pioneers. They call themselves Silicon Valley drug dealers, but they basically uh, save millions of dollars for large companies by, you know, reverse engineering the uh, corrupt system that, that exists right now. And Well, they use people. technology mm-hmm. in, in a lot of that to, to assist in... Uh, finding ways to help businesses cut costs. And so that did kind of transition us into uh, a little healthcare IT yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so uh, this article uh, in uh, EMR and HIPAA, which is uh, by health seed, uh, healthcarescene.com, it's a resource that I use for healthcare IT, uh, was talking about the impact of the 2016 election on healthcare IT. Uh, so... Obviously, with the Affordable Care Act comes the IT piece, and you know what's it going to look like, and what's going to change in healthcare IT. And so, 
let's go through a couple of the different things. So the first thing would be, and this is probably the easiest one I think that could you could see a lot of changes with, meaningful use in macro, mm -hmm. which we've talked about macro uh, a lot on this show. Uh, and uh, even if Trump wants to go after the macro and EHR uh, incentive legislation, you got to get through the Senate and House on that. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Uh, what uh, else is going on in that regard? You know, there's, uh, you know, it would increase uh, the cost of uncompensated care by $1.1 trillion. Uh, Urban Institute found that a partial repeal of the health reform legislation, uh, especially on the IT side, would uh, increase the... Uh, uncompensated care by over a trillion dollars uh, in uh, the marketplace. Uh, and that's mainly, uh, again, some of that from the Urban Institute and Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, which is another credible source on health care stuff, uh, shows that some of those, most, a lot of those increases too could be in rural health. And so that's something that a rural state like Iowa and Nebraska will have to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with the government getting involved in technology pretty much at all costs. Right. Um, because I just don't think it's appropriate for senators to, they can't even use their Blackberries to, um, you know, right. put together legislation for, that well, has such an impact on, on all of us indirectly. Well, and what, let, let's talk about that. Let's go back to not just the Affordable Care Act and the two parts of it, but I would, I would argue that there was a third part through the stimulus package that no one wants to talk about, that's high tech, which is Health Information Technology uh, Improving Act. You know, basically it was a incentive, uh, incentives to improve technology in hospitals and in the healthcare marketplace, and uh, namely EMR, EHRs. Uh, you know, it put penalties on hospitals that ha got hacked. Um, Namely, if you had over 500 uh, records that were hacked, you had to post it up on the, they got posted on the Health and Human Services site. It's, Who really goes to those websites, though? I, I, I have. Have you? Yes, I have. Well, of course, yeah, of course I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm interested in seeing that information, but uh, who's interested in seeing that? I, you know, maybe competitors, uh, maybe electronic there, health though. record mark, uh, people, but outside. You know, I've been like deep in the bowels of government websites looking at certain documents yes. and you can see how many people that have looked and I'm like number seven. Yeah. And yeah. I think the last time I looked, I was maybe number 20 or 30. So, I mean, it's not a whole lot of people looking, but they're, you know, it's out there. So, again, you hear it here first about get, all the information get available. Get your name on the board in school. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's security, you know. It's interesting because when you talk about security, you have to look at the banks. And the banks did a lot of changing in their security back in the early part of the 2000s, right? You know, mid to late because they were always getting hacked there. And they still are getting hacked. But they put in a lot of protections. A lot of those protections are being shoved down to businesses now because, you know, you cannot uh, use a credit card or or transmit credit card data without it being secure information. And so uh, a lot of those banks are saying, okay, if you're not going to secure your data, 
well, we're not going to transmit that or we're not going to allow you to, we're not going to service you anymore. And so a lot of those organizations now are playing catch up mm-hmm. with, with a lot of that. And so uh, hospitals and, and clinics and, and just healthcare systems in general, including insurance companies, are, are, are seeing a lot of hacks right now where you haven't seen those hacks prior. And so, uh, you know, Anthem and Cigna and Aetna, they've seen some of the largest hacks. Didn't the CEO's uh, medical record get found? Yes. And so uh, I would say that insurance companies are some of the most lax, but now they're starting to finally catch wind of it. And they're really doing, they're trying to make up for lost time. But as you cha- as you change your the the hackers change, and, and they're always trying to find ways. So you always have to be proactive in how you defend your your territory, mm-hmm. so to speak, in the cyberspace. And that's what Donald Trump was talking about. You know, we need to play def- you know we need to play offense and defense in this country at every level, protecting all our information. And so. Uh, it, it goes right with the territory. If you've got information out there, protect it. Yeah. That's probably the best advice you're going to hear all day because it's true. Think you can help me <laughs> protect my Absolutely, Alan? we can. Yeah. And um, if you want more information on uh, how Alan might be able to help you, give us a call, 402-342-1290. And I'm um, sure we can uh, get in touch with you. we got about a minute left. Here, man, went fast today. Yes, it did. Wow. I feel like we're like hosting a primetime news show because I think we're more knowledgeable than the actual pundits on this <laughs> issue. And there's actually like something to talk about. It's the number one issue right yes, now. Yes, it is. And it's going to continue to be the number one issue. Yes. We just signed up a new sponsor this week for America's Healthcare Challenge. And if you're interested in getting on board, with about the uh, three or four others so far. We've got room for about three more. And being part of this program, helping us get this out uh, to the local community, but then also nationally, go ahead and uh, check out edbellisinc.com and contact us, and uh, we will get in touch with you about positioning your organization with this platform. We'll see you next week.